the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming along on the Thursday edition post-storm. Holy smokes. One of the guys uh, came in and said, hey, did a storm come through here? It's 79 was a blackout. Much better now. Very good. How you doing, Kath? I'm doing well. Aren't these uh, uh, interesting times? I don't know what else to say, actually. <laughs> Fascinating. Isn't it good to be alive? Israeli officials have decided to block U.S. Representatives Rashida Talab, Democrat from Michigan, and Ilhan Omar, Democrat from Minnesota, from entering the country as part of a planned visit, a reversal that comes amid pressure from the president and concerns about their support for boycotts of Israel. That is an article in uh, Fox News. Right. So six hours ago, the president said it would show great weakness if Israel allowed Representative Omar and Talab to visit. They hate Israel and all Jewish people, and there is nothing that can be said or done to change their minds. Minnesota and Michigan will have a hard time putting them back in office. They are a disgrace. All right. I mean, this is big news because I do believe that Ilhan Omar, uh, by her previous uh, actions and words, is certainly no friend of Israel. No. So clearly, by going to Israel, you are standing in what will be considered, from her perspective, I believe, enemy territory. So she has everything to gain. She's going to stand there on Israeli soil and denounce Israel. To me, this was just sort of a huge campaign stunt in some way. All the attention will be drawn to her, and she can push on Israel. Yeah, but it's on the other hand, it's dicey because it it's looked at— As petty. As petty on the behalf of the president, right. that the president doesn't like these two women and that he's done everything he can to marginalize them. And now he's getting his friend Bibi to help him. Right. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. It remains to be seen Maybe. You know, what the fallout's going to well, be. Well, the other thing that's um, that's difficult, I mean, Israel and the U.S. are allies, but they're very different countries. They have very different positions in the world. I get that. I'm not saying that Israel needs to be like the United States in every way. Um but barring them from entering is something I would hope we would never see in America. Right. So um, I'm sorry that that's how they look at things. On the other hand, we as America are not surrounded on all sides by people that wish we didn't exist. So I get that Israel has a different perspective. Without a doubt. So uh, Omar says uh, this is an affront. Sadly, this is not a surprise given the public position of Prime Minister Netanyahu, who has consistently resisted peace efforts – Restricted the freedom of movement of Palestinians, limited public knowledge of the brutal brutalities, realities of the occupation, and align himself with Islamophobes like Donald Trump. Good. Now, come on. See, but the, isn't it isn't this. it ridiculous how we are throwing these words around? We're throwing around racist. We're throwing around white supremacist. We're throwing around Islamophobe. What would she call him? Islamophobes. An Islamophobe. Yeah. 
uh, he's he's you know calling the them, occupation. He's saying that they hate. What did he say? Uh, this is the president. They hate Israel and all Jewish people. Well, I don't. They don't like the state of Israel. But I don't know. If, I don't think you can say that these two women hate all Jewish people. I can't say for certainly about anybody's heart. I'm not inside there. She also says this, uh, Ilhan Omar says, the irony of the only democracy in the Middle East making such a decision is that it is both an insult to democratic values and a chilling response to a visit by government officials from an allied nation. Okay, so that, again, that's there what I is. said before. I mean, I get that. I certainly wish that Israel did not would not do that. If you, If I had my druthers, I would say, look, be big enough to hear from every person that opposes you. But Israel is surrounded, let me say it again, on all sides by people that not only wish they wouldn't exist, as I said before, but are doing everything possible to destroy them. Right. Chuck Schumer said that uh, it is a sign of weakness, not a strength. No democratic society should fear an open debate. Many strong supporters of Israel will be deeply disappointed in this decision, which the Israeli government should reverse. Well, let me just say, if there was ever a country who decided not to speak to the president or any of his allies, believe me, the Democrats would be out there cheering and saying, oh, what a great show of courage and how brave they all are standing up for what's right. I mean, again, it's so depressing because it just boils down to my side, your side. Yep. We've come a long way from, remember remember not that long ago, well, I guess it was a long time ago, when Jimmy Carter had the uh, pe- yeah mean, the peace initiative yeah Menachem Begin and wow that's a shame people are now shouting at the radio saying Kathy how could you forget his name but that was what forty years ago it's a shame I don't know to me again Ilhan Omar she's dangerous I believe she is. I believe it's well, political she, grandstanding. Well, she is. She's a political grandstander for sure, and she flirts with being anti-Semitic. Not only she flirts, I think she clearly is, and she's I, see. I just pronounce I, that. I hate these labels. I, when I think of an anti-Semite, I think of the Nazi Party. She's not a member of the Nazi Party, but you can I'm, be an anti-Semite and not be a Nazi. I, I, you can hate Jews and not I'm, be a Nazi. But I don't. I don't know. I just resist that. Maybe she is an anti-Semite. Maybe I'm just too. Maybe I'm just too optimistic about people. I don't think it would be too hard to go back and look at what she has to say. I've never said on the air that I think that the president is a racist because I'm not convinced that the president is a racist. I'm convinced that he flirts with people who are. But I don't think that that means that he is. Maybe I'm – again, maybe I'm too innocent. Maybe you can say, oh, you're you're so stupid. How could you think – I just – I try to think the best – of people in the public eye, and I really, really try to not put these labels on us, on people, on whoever, that our culture is just so happy to put on there. Well, clearly the people of Minnesota did not believe that Ilhan Omar was a racist, and I guess we'll see that the next election cycle, if they agree with that assessment again or not. We'll find out. Take a quick break, come back. Listen. um, Anwar Sadat. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Wow, I wasn't going to be able to sleep tonight. A few minutes, we're going to talk with Tom Hall, Pastor Tom Hall, who joins us from First Presbyterian Church in downtown Pittsburgh. What's the perception of running a, a church in a downtown area, especially considering violence in the city, Jesus in the middle? 101.5 WORD. It's an undeniable fact that one of the best parts and one of the hardest parts of being a part of the church is the people. People make it a place of joy and pain all mixed together. 
I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to join us this week as our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, gives us some practical tips on how to get along as a church from 1 Timothy chapter 5. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more a different menu each day the locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the spring house and be sure to save room for apple pie ho-ho cake oreo cheesecake or lots of other from scratch goodies for dessert have i made you hungry yet let us share a little of our farm with you at the spring house 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself and this morning I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit Calusi Chevrolet. With the all-star open house event in full swing, Calusi has great savings on their entire lineup, including Equinox and Trap. All month long, you can qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 60 months plus $750 down payment assistance on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. There are a lot of different churches, of course, throughout the western Pennsylvania area. There are a few that are downtown that are as um, deeply embedded in the, the neighborhood and the culture than First Pres, First Presbyterian Church on 6th Street downtown. Reverend Tom Hall is with us. Tom, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for coming by. Great to be with you all. Tom, talk to us about uh, First Pres downtown. You know, um, when you read about downtown, certainly there's a, a lot of changes. Uh, the architecture, the uh, the uh, the fall and then the rise again of the city of Pittsburgh downtown. That's been excellent news, I'm sure, for First Pres. But there's also been recently uh, sort of uh, downtown in the news of some shootings and of some high-profile uh, crimes, a stabbing that happened last week. Right. Uh, to be a, a pastor in the mix of all that and to have a congregation there that mm-hmm. shows up on a Sunday morning, it's got to be very difficult. It's an interesting tightrope that you walk. It really is an interesting um, interesting call that city center churches have. Uh, this church has been here since 
1773. They first wow. started worshiping downtown. So the church has seen um, the city go from a frontier, rough and tumble frontier town to an industrial mm-hmm. center and now to a, to a high-tech town. And people are moving back, but it's an interesting challenge for us is the people who move back don't necessarily go to church anymore. They seem to think they can get along without without faith. I see. Yeah, so you bring this up. So there has been an explosion in the past 10 years or so where people, you know, I remember being in college downtown at Point Park University. I think Gateway Towers was the only place that people lived, you know, full time. Now there's a lot of new residents downtown. What's that like for you as a pastor? You say people don't want to show up to church. Has there been outreach? How does that work? Well, uh, I always ask the congregation or the people who come on Sunday, where would you put a church? Right in the middle of the fastest growing neighborhood in the most livable city in the country. In the last 10 years, there's been $8 billion invested in new businesses, new residences, hotels, uh, $8 billion within a quarter mile of where our church is. So we're right in the perfect place. And yet, we call the city the most livable, and yet it's not livable for everyone. And so one of the things that we're, God has put us there for is to walk with hurting people. And, of course, whether you're hurting or not, whether you're prospering or not, I, I think the thing you need most is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what – that has been the consistent thing about our church for well, – since mm-hmm. 1773 is we proclaim the gospel. And you're a destination church, right? I mean, there are yes. few people, I'm sure, who live and work in the city who walk into the church. People coming from the suburbs find their way to First Presbyterian. Yeah, I, there's 30-some zip codes that are represented by our membership. I see. What about the people, you made an allusion to people on the streets and the outreach to the homeless, to the addicted, to the alcoholic. Talk to us about those people. The, um, we don't have to go very far to find the mission field. It's right downtown. You open and the doors. Absolutely. And where the people come in, we couldn't avoid the mission field if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of an interesting challenge today because the statistics seem to say that downtown is safer than ever. The crime statistics don't um, don't really show an increase in crime, even though people seem to be on edge. Part of that is kind of the national news, the anxiety that's that's relevant in the national news. And yet I think another issue is that the crime statistics don't really capture what's going on on the streets. I mean you can – there's no statistic that counts the number of addicted or homeless laying on the sidewalk. Mm. And yet you can't avoid them when you walk around town. And what the church does is walk with them and – hang out with them, and be present for them. And, uh, you know, I was in, in the Air Force. I came thinking that I can solve problems. There's nothing you can't, no problem too great. And yet what I found is over 10 years of being downtown is that maybe the most we can do is just walk with people and be present for them and show them the love of Jesus Christ. Presence, often mm-hmm. more than enough. Well, I don't know that it's enough, but it's what we can do. Mm-hmm. It's what we can do. Tom, talk about Partners for Sacred Places. We have uh, engaged a national nonprofit called Partners for Sacred Places. They did a feasibility study for us for a capital campaign, but they also did a thing called a HALO study, um, which estimates the value, the economic value that a church provides 
to the city. And Partners for Sacred Places is the only national nonprofit of its kind. It's based in Philadelphia and Chicago and Dallas. And what they do is they come alongside historic churches to help them reimagine their mission, to build partnerships, and to help the church articulate the value of the things it does in the community. For example, um, our church has about a $900,000 budget, but it contributes about $2.3 million worth of value to the city. Uh, In in the form of what? Well, in the form of uh, the magnetic effect of having an iconic space in the middle of the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just by having a sacred space in a neighborhood, it lifts up the neighborhood. It gives people hope. But when there's a wedding, for example, and we have a non-member wedding ministry where we do about, I don't know, 18 or 24 weddings a year. Everybody that comes into the church spends money. They they use mm-hmm. parking. They use the services of the city. Uh, that's part of the mag- neighborhood. Part of, it, it adds value to the neighborhood. And then we're because we're on the front lines of the social issues in the city, we provide referral services. We provide counseling services just by the nature of being a church. And so they capture the economic value of that. And then we provide space for other nonprofits to use that that adds value to the community. So what's the rental value of that space on the open market? I see. I'm old enough to remember, Tom, and I'm sure you you as well, that when I was a boy um, on a Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday evening or whatever in the small town that I lived in, I would walk into my local church and sit down just because I was moved and would sit and pray. And now oftentimes when you walk around the city, whether you're in the strip Listen, district, I was in the strip on Sunday. Um, I was with my family, and it was maybe 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I said to my kids, hey, let's go into St. Stan's on Smallman Street, because I haven't been in there since I was a kid. My kids have never been in there. I got all excited. It's closed. The doors were locked. Now, that's a necessity in many ways of the modern world, isn't it? You all are really pushing my buttons right now. (laughs) When the guy came from Partners for Sacred Places, he's out of Chicago, and he, he took an Uber to our church, right? And he said, your church was open. He says, so many churches that are struggling today, you can't even find – and see, he said, even the members can't find the, the door that's open or the door that even works, and so I have worked really, really hard to make sure that during business hours, during the week, the church is open from 8 to 4.30 because people come in and they're amazed by the iconic space. This is one of the top four or five wow. most beautiful spaces right. in the city sure. just in itself. But it's also when you come in, you give you – it's a thin place. It's a place where heaven and earth seem to intersect. It's a place where you, you can come in and – and feel the presence of God, even if you're not uh, necessarily a believer. And so t- keeping it open is a ch- challenge. But I will tell you, all our doors work. <laughs> it's a hundred and uh, let's see, fourteen-year-old building. Uh, the church has been, again been there since 1773. But keeping it open is a challenge, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. So Good people for you. come in and sit down. Whether they're All believers or not, and pray, and just or just there's presence. Well, and sometimes they're homeless, and we have a guy um, that's been coming there for the last couple of years, and he's well known to the street missionaries and to Operation Safety Net. And when they see him in the church, when the providers see him there, they said he's at the top of all our lists. He could 
he could have a place tomorrow, but he's not there mentally, he's not there psychologically or spiritually to accept the, the, help. the help. But he, he hangs out in our church because he feels safe. And, you know, we can at least do that for him. We can at least do that for him. Is First Pres unusual in that you're one of the only churches that are open downtown, or are there other churches open? No, I think the other downtown churches do their best to keep the doors open. That's so doors powerful, open too. isn't it? It's such a necessary thing because, like you talk about, there is this this element of holiness where people are drawn to that, whether they're believers or not. People need that in their lives. Well, and there's a big element of risk, too, because this stabbing, as you mentioned, was just 100 feet from the front door of the church. It was, in fact, right in front of Trinity Cathedral Last week there was a stabbing. A woman was killed not that far from the church. Right. And so, of course, right, uh, in any urban center, things happen. Yes, and I'm sure leaving the church doors open, you yourself are subject to theft or vandalism or whatnot. It's, absolutely. it's a risk. Sure, sure. sure. But you think yeah. it's worth it? Oh, absolutely it's worth it. Absolutely. Tommy, you made an, uh, an allusion to being in the Air Force. You, you come to the pastorate late in life, mm-hmm. which I love. This is really interesting. Tell you us were, that. You were a problem solver. That's – if you're an Air Force officer, you know, which I was for 30 years, you're um, – is what you do. You adapt, improvise, and overcome. No challenge is too great. And I, I thought, to the extent I imagined being a minister at all, which I had not, because I was not a chaplain in the Air Force, um, I thought, well, maybe I, all this leadership experience I had would would Translate. lend itself yeah. to. And I think somehow it does, but I think it's much more about. Being able, being a minister today is being much more able to just live into um, and kind of be the presence of Christ for other people. And it's not about solving somebody's problems or even solving a church's problems. It's about um, just being with them, Mm -hmm. being with them. And so I somehow enabled. Somehow, I've been able to do that for well, about ten and a half years now. I really admire you being able to kind of reinvent yourself. Yeah, are you surprised by yourself? God has a sense of humor. I would say that's <laughs> that. For, for me to be a minister, I, I might have said years ago when I was on. I, I walked into that church uh, about halfway through seminary. I was here. I came here in two thousand and five to go to seminary, and <laughs> it was. Um, Halfway through seminary, I, 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 let's, there's First Presbyterian Church. Let me go in and look at it. And, oh, my gosh, it's a spectacular place with this beautiful pulpit, stone pulpit with a spiral staircase. And I thought, oh, my gosh, look at that. I, I'm 53 years old. I wonder if I will ever have a career long enough where I'd be invited to preach in that pulpit, a pulpit like that. And then they called me right out of seminary. So God def- definitely has a, a sense of humor. That's fabulous. Tom All, who joins us, is the uh, pastor, senior pastor, First Presbyterian Church on Sixth Street downtown. Sixth, Sixth Avenue. Sixth, Sixth Avenue. Avenue. Sorry, mm-hmm. if you've never been there, it's an incredible church. So, Tom, the challenge is for you at sixty-three mm-hmm. uh, and a first church mm-hmm. and um, a city ministry. There's got to be a lot of you know because when a pastor comes into a church, uh, you know whether people are aware of it or not, you know there's judgment. Oh, he's a he's a good preacher, but uh, his bedside manner is not you know that. Or there's always this checklist, which I'm sure you know whether you know you're a pastor or you're a radio host or you're a plumber, you're always self-assessing yourself. That's a difficult thing for a pastor to do, isn't it? Yes, and uh, I guess I was really self-conscious 
because I, I probably was, I'm certain I was the first pastor that came as a first call right out of seminary. Yeah, for better or worse. Uh, the, and the, the leadership uh, strategy kind of of the church over the centuries was we will call the best preacher in the country. And sure enough, some of the preachers at First Pres were the very best preachers in the country. And so, yeah, was that intimidating? Yeah, it was overwhelming at okay. first. Well, 10 years, you must be doing something right, Tom. God's grace. <laughs> God's grace. Yeah. And I look at some of the old sermons that I preached 10 years ago, and there was a lot of grace in the congregation. Mm. Fabulous. And I was learning to preach. Well, thanks for I, I, like, I kind of like to say that they were learning to be the church for the 21st century while I was learning to be a minister. It was kind of a match. Isn't that awesome? It sure is. It's wonderful to serve yeah. people who are kind, right? That's <laughs> the only way. It really is. That's Tom Hall. Tom is the senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church, which is on 6th Avenue downtown. Thanks so much for being in here, Tom. A joy to be with you all. Always nice. our pleasure. Thank you, Tom. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. Call 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836 or give online at wordfm.com. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. When you're in college, sleep is important. But thanks to your studies and your social life, you might not be getting as much rest as you need. That old mattress in your dorm or off-campus housing, though, it's just not cutting it. Upgrade your sleep experience with a locally made, hand-built mattress from the original Mattress Factory. We offer a variety of mattresses to suit every comfort preference and fit every budget. And we deliver right to you. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. 
for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. Sunshine mixed in with clouds, warm and humid this afternoon. A shower and gusty thunderstorm around through the early evening hours, I-83. Partly to mostly cloudy overnight, though 65. Times of sun and clouds, warm and humid tomorrow, high 82. For Saturday, intervals of clouds and sun, warm but humid, with a shower or thunderstorm possible in the afternoon, the high Saturday, 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, a meteorologist, Joe Lundberg. Word today that the Pittsburgh Jewish community plans a public memorial service Sunday, October 27th, and other activities to commemorate the anniversary of the massacre of 11 worshipers at the synagogue Tree of Life in Squirrel Hill. The service is going to be held at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. at Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Hall in in Oakland, which also was the setting for Memorial Vigil a day after the attacks mm-hmm. last year. This year, service and other commemora- commemorations will be called Remember, Repair, Together. That's... Um, October 27th. Hard wow, to believe so it's almost a year. So we're only year. two months away from that. You know, I, I drive by the Tree of Life uh, every morning. I uh, drop my boy off uh, in Oakland where he, he's employed, and I sit at that corner at the red light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the building is still unoccupied, and I wonder if the people will ever go back in there to, to worship again. Still a heartache. Mm. Coming up next, we're going to talk about um, Lemon Meringue Pie Day, first off, which I think is an important thing for us to, you know, commemorate. (laughs) And second of all, I mean, this sounds goofy, but this is the way presidential uh, politics are today. How important is a presidential candidate's hair? I don't know. Is it important? I said in the 2016 election, once President Trump won, I said it would have been a complete tour de force if he would have walked out the day of his inauguration with his head shaved. Oh my Correct. God. Yeah, yeah. It would have been wouldn't, a game changer. Wouldn't it, it would have been like okay? So Total all this, all this weirdo stuff I was doing with my hair that was just all a strange campaign tick I had. It's over now. I'm president. I'm taking charge. This that, is the real me. Right. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Sadly, that did not happen. No. It but did that's not. caused me to think from this point forward. All right. So what do we have going here? Like, how important is it? And then when I looked in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, they were asking the same question. All right. So uh, has there ever been a bald president? I'm sure there has been. Eisenhower was bald. That's a long time ago. A long time ago. Correct. Yeah. Rogaine has reigned in the White House since, or some version of it. Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Francesca Battistelli, Defender. Enough by Corin Hawthorne. That's enough. That's enough. I got you by Aaron Box. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US Mulo, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now. My menopause. 
All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amber in today. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412 503 4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick Brothers returned to the big screen August 23rd with Overcomer. Filled with a powerful mix of faith, humor, and heart, Overcomer asks the important question, what do you allow to define you? Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire, the film is rated PG. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. When Donald Trump started making the advent from New York celebrity businessman to serious presidential political candidate, it was his hair that really kind of his signature made the thing go. Right. I mean, I don't mean that that's where. Whoa. All of a sudden I heard something. I wasn't. Um, so it, it made the whole thing go. And it wasn't that it was taking the place of any, you know, political substance. It's just what people remembered. I mean, we're seeing these candidates on, hard to forget. on TV, right? We're seeing them on the internet and it generated so many memes. I mean, you remember the combination, you know, who did it better? It was him and then it was an ear of corn. <laughs> right. Do you remember that was a famous yeah, one, was. right? Or him and like a cat laying yeah. down. I mean, there were all these. Anyway, so Jacob Gallagher in the Wall Street Journal is thinking about the same thing I'm thinking about. And so he says this. He says, Democratic hopefuls, of course, are vying to challenge Donald Trump, a president whose gravity-defying comb-over has generated more attention than perhaps any other governmental hairdo ever. Yeah, I'd buy that. Because you look at his head and you think, 
what is swirling around there? There's right. a what lot is, going on. Right. Right. What, right. What exactly is that? Um, hair is a part of a candidate's appearance and presence. It's one of the standard ways we size people up, says Peter Loge, who's an associate professor of political communication at George Washington. So if Dr. Loge is correct, the hair of our Democratic hopefuls will matter. Right. May we discuss this now? Oh, yeah, sure. Please. All the important things on the ride home. Let's start with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has the hair of a man that looks like he either doesn't have time or doesn't care. Okay. So both things consultants say are playing into his favor. Okay. His trademark mess of flyaway white strands underscores an, quote, I'm working for the everyman attitude. (laughs) Or also, he's so busy and so passionate about what he's doing, his hair is not important. Yeah. I mean, you can read into that. I just think he could care less. It doesn't. I don't buy into that. So it ethos. doesn't give you any no, type of confidence in Bernie that you wouldn't have otherwise. No, I mean, quite honestly, you think of me, you look at him and go, "Hey, Bernie, get a comb." Could He's you, a nut. Please, could you get a comb? Let's talk about Cory Booker, John. Cory Booker's a cue ball. Exactly. Now he stands out from the field He's because the only he is one. bald, right? He is the only one. It's a good look, and he wears it well. I think so, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, Apparently, uh, it says there are 20 candidates on stage. People need to be remembered, and he stands alone. Yes, he does, yes. Which is helping him. Apparently, during a campaign stop in Iowa last month, Cory Booker convinced three supporters to shave their heads in exchange for his offer to donate sums of $1,000 to Iowa charities of his choice. Oh, really? That's a smart thing to do on his part. Sure it is, yeah. Because, you know, you, then you ascend to that image. That's you. Exactly. So wherever he goes, people are going to go, yeah, right. hey, I'll do that in for fact, you, In fact, funny you should bring that up. I saw another article. It was talking about the fact that he posed, I think it was that at that Iowa stop, he posed with three men, and they called themselves the Bald Brotherhood. <laughs> All right. Okay, how about Beto? Okay. I mean, so, my hair is better than his hair. That I can tell you. Right. Well, Beto O'Rourke has the salt and pepper hair. Right. And they're feeling like that's also helping him, which is, I don't know how much it's helping him. He's still at like one 1%. half of 1%. Right. But they said that he's 46 years old, it's but it's giving hair, him I... a little more gravitas so that he looks older than he is. Yeah, okay. No? Again, you want to read into that? You... What about the it's women? helping. Okay, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Is she the uh, Corilla DeVille? Exactly. She's got this shock of right, gray. Right. So right. she's 38 years old. She's got this shock of gray, which is on the left side uh-huh. of her hair. Her right. hair is very dark. Is that manufactured? Or you think no. That- Apparently her sister said that the silver streak appeared naturally after her military deployment in Iraq. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So she said she keeps it as a daily reminder of her experience oh, cool. and her purpose. Is so she I, from Hawaii? I like that. She is from Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. A Quinnipiac poll showed that her support hovers also around 1%, but that the splash of gray has garnered her social media attention. People are calling it, quote, strikingly subversive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. And uh, several people have called her Cruella DeVille. Interesting. Okay. What about um, Pete Buttigieg? Uh, I have no comment on his hair. I I don't... It's kind of forgettable. Yeah. Don't you think it's forgettable? Uh, Yeah, I have no... People are saying that with his haircut, you see a little bit of his military background, Mm -hmm. and so that might help. How about Elizabeth Warren's hair? Well, her hair is nowhere. She... uh, Elizabeth Warren could be like your high school English teacher. That's very accurate. She does look like she... I mean, she was a Harvard professor. She doesn't look very Native American. (laughs) No, she's not. It doesn't look like it. She is not. No, no. What about Joe Biden? Joe Biden, I think, uh, is Joe Biden 76? Yes. So for his age, I mean, that's super impressive. That's a lot of hair. Yeah, it's very virile, isn't it? It it is. Mm -hmm. It is. I would call it robust. Robust. That's a good word, yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's helping him? Uh, No. 
Okay. No. Mm-hmm. I don't think these, the hair or lack thereof is helping any of the Democratic candidates. I just don't. I think the whole group, to me right now, is just a bit of a hot mess. Going back to the president. <laughs> Speaking of, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, my hair is better than his hair. Than yeah. I- so if he were going to do so, w- w- do you think that there's a chance? that the no. Pre- no. Okay. No. All right. I mean, that's a lot to cover. The, to me, I mean, my- that's a lot of vanity. Mm-hmm. Don't is, you think? It is a lot of vanity. Yeah. It's blonde, right? It's swirling. It's got to be quaffed within an inch of his life. Would you not love to have a photograph of the man when he wakes up? He would look so much better if he shaved his yeah, head. Yeah. He should go full Cory Booker. I you think guys, so, too. I think guys, You guys ever see his hair when he's boarding a plane? Yes. And the, hair's, and the wind's blowing? It's about six feet <laughs> behind him. It's hysterical to it watch. It is. I mean, that's just it's insane. It's a plume. It, it looks is. like a cockatoo. It does. Right? <laughs> it's perfect. It is. It's, he's way out he there. He would be so much better off without it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're born with the hair. Other than chemical enhancement, which I believe does not work very well, what can you do? For you can go to somebody out? who's willing to tell you the truth and say, you know what, we need to change things he, up a bit. Right. He, he, he can never shave it off, though, because it's his logo. Yeah, it is it, his It's logo. his brand. Right. But, his if he, brand. but it would be good for him to, it would be. to, to start new. Yeah. It really would. Well, we all know that the man does not take advice well. That's right. So he's probably not going <laughs> to listen to me. No, now, now, let me just say also, it's Lemon Meringue Pie Day. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this for a second. Uh, where does Lemon Meringue Pie rate on your scale? Of pies? Yes. Number one. Number one? Not even a close second. Really? Keith I mean, Condrid showed up with one? He showed up with coconut cream and peach, which oh. are both delicious. Believe me. Both Fabulous. Lemon meringue. Lemon meringue is top of the heap. Uh-huh. Do you know how lemon meringue pie was uh, invented? No. A woman made this lemon custard pudding pie, and she used so many egg yolks for it. This was in the early 1800s. She used so many egg yolks for it, she had all these egg whites left over. And she was like, they're sitting here. Like, maybe I, I do? Maybe I can do something with these. And that's how it was created. Really? Huh. Now, okay, other than the aforementioned... Let's not get into this. Oh, we're going to. Oh, jeez. Eaton Park makes the single best lemon meringue pie I on Earth. I do not. Earth. Now, you know that's not true. It is true. Again, it you propagate true. this myth. I, I'm this telling you, it's lie. true. And if it's my favorite pie, I should be able to decide who makes the best one. It's not well, propaganda. It's good. Oh, Thank you, Mike. I mean, I like lemon meringue. Uh, in a pinch, of course, I'd be happy to have that. In and where does it rank for you? That's pretty high for me. I would say my top three, apple, no, top four, apple, cherry, Coconut cream, lemon meringue. Okay, so you're putting the coconut cream ahead of the lemon meringue. Yeah, I have to. I love the coconut. Mike? Regular cheesecake, key lime pie, and then lemon meringue. Really? Really? So lemon meringue still very high for all three of us uh-huh. yeah. because it's magically delicious. It is. Yeah, it's excellent. I mean, the combination of like the tangy mm-hmm. and see, that's the thing that Eaton Park gets so perfectly. Let me just, I need to talk about it more, <laughs> is that the lemon section Wrong. is so... <laughs> tangy some people make the lemon meringue cloudy and creamy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no no you don't want that you want the tang that separates it from the sweet of the meringue Wrong. you don't want the, you, don't, you don't want the lemon creamy at the bottom right right well, you know the the, uh, the factory where they make those pies that's not sure. there's not a factory so they've got that down just look in the it back it comes out of a can it doesn't come out of a can you know it does it doesn't come out of a can is there not a bakery in town some bakery that we are unaware of that makes this fabulous lemon meringue listen, pie listen if they're there willing has to, be. to submit their lemon meringue pie, I would happily receive it and tell them what I think. Have you but yourself ever had eaten. one? Made one? 
Uh, I have have never made a, made a lemon meringue pie because I don't make it's a little pies. daunting. It's very daunting to me. Is it the meringue? <laughs> no, it's the crust. Mm. Oh, the crust is. Um, here's the deal. Listen, wait. Let me tell you. D- don't give me that look. Yeah, th- you <laughs> don't keep give me talking about no, no, easy no. it is. You've never no, no, wait, wait. Look, made uh, one. No, I have not. Look. I've not. I've not. However, I was at a family <laughs> function a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and there was talk because my wife brought a pie and somebody else brought a pie, and they both said, "How's your crust?" And both my wife and someone else at the party said, "Oh, it's you know from the freezer se- or from the refrigerated section. It's Pillsbury crust." Oh, so you would see- never know? No, no, no. You would never. It's fabulous. That's good crust. Okay, now I have made that crust. Like when it's Thanksgiving and I make my pumpkin yeah, pie, sure. I'm using the Roll Pillsbury crust. But that I feel embarrassed. I feel no, like I'm no, less no, than. No, I feel no, like I'm no. not really trying. Listen, for people who are making their own crust. That's like a whole. That's a world apart. Exactly. I feel like I'm not worthy no, to even no. enter in. Because you, who doesn't want a pie? So that the if the crust is an impediment, go around it and buy the store bought crust. Wow, John, thank you for this freedom. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, lemon meringue. If anyone knows of like the bakery, other than the aforementioned. I mean, that is the bakery. But let me just say, no, whatever not. crust they use for lemon meringue is so perfect. Who, who makes a famous burnt almond tort? Oh, that's Prantles. Prantles. Do yeah. they make a lemon meringue? I don't know about that. It doesn't that. matter because it's not going to be as good as Eaton Park. No, no. Oh, wow. Have you been in the new Prantles? Yeah. The one in Market Square? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Gigantic. How about the Oakmont Bakery? Have you been in the new Oakmont Bakery? I've driven past it. It looks like Walmart. I've been, I've been there. It is. It's massive. Seriously, it's gigantic. It's like you're going on the turnpike and you're going to, you know, Pull into one of these gigantic truck stops. It's massive. I don't think I can trust myself. No, no, in I there. think I, can, I don't yeah. think I can go in. Very good. Anyway, I'm looking for. We're looking for the perfect lemon meringue pie in Pittsburgh. Here's the deal: if you think a smiley cookie is a good cookie, it's not. Then it's the same I as never, the pie. I am it's not the same as the pie. It's the smiley cookie. It's the same. No, 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 no. It's cut from the same cloth. No, a smiley cookie is something you give to the tiny kids who wander in, and it's a friendly gesture. That's not actual baking. How you do one thing, you do all things. John, you're delusional. That's it. That's not true. How you do one thing, you do all things, and that, my friend, is the story of the Eaton Park pie. It's not. Please send your suggestions. Lemon meringue beauty. John Hallowardfm.com. Send all your complaints to John Hallowardfm. I'm here. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the spring house and be sure to save room for apple pie ho-ho cake oreo cheesecake or lots of other from scratch goodies for dessert have i made you hungry yet let us share a little of our farm with you at the spring house 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com they didn't teach us this in bible college A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? 
For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Liberty Mutual Insurance presents... When generic insurance takes hold, one handsome man and one flightless bird are teaming up to save the world. Money. Their message? Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Their mission? Savings. Their relationship? Best friends. Say hello to Liberty Mutual's new spokes team. And Doug. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Equal housing insurer. State laws apply. If you've ever had the pleasure of taking a river tour or even a tour of downtown Pittsburgh on the uh, Just Ducky Tours. Mm-hmm, which I've done. Have you ever done? Uh, I have not. My children mm-hmm. have, but too late. not with me, yeah. So the Just Ducky Tour, the company is officially out of business. They canceled their uh, tour earlier on in uh, the this, this summer season. There was, uh, for 22 years, Just Ducky had a really great record, a safety record, here in the city of Pittsburgh. However, there was... And uh, all over the country also. Yeah, but a, an accident uh, in Missouri... In uh, 2018, Missouri's Table Rock Lake, in which 17 duck boat passengers died after being caught in a thunderstorm, prompted the Just Ducky Tour Insurer to raise its premiums to an unsustainable level. So because of that, uh, all Just Ducky Tours across the country, all those businesses have gone away. And now here locally, the tour company is going to sell. They tried to sell those amphibious amphibious vehicles, but no one bought them. So now they're going to go up for auction, of which there are eight of them available for auction. Now, these were, of course, were World War II vehicles, uh, last in service in 1955. But Harry Davis Auction Company, based here in the city of Pittsburgh, is going to have this auction uh, later on in September. Of course, it's an auction, so no idea how much they'll go for. Estimates range anywhere from twenty-five to a hundred thousand dollars per vehicle, and uh, bids have come in, or interest has come in, I should say, from all around the world, from as far away as the Dominican Republic. People are saying they could be used uh, for construction purposes on river projects. They could be used for people on vacation. All those things, and they'll see how it all works out. For people out. on vacation. Yeah. You know, you'd go out and- Rent uh, one for the day? Yeah, sure. But the premiums on those, hard to imagine what you're going to pay. It was a fun thing. I mean, it was not life-changing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did it. Obviously, I live here. It's not like they were, you know, you go on a tour of Pittsburgh. You did. 
and they downtown. T- yeah, then they talked to you about downtown, and I think we were in the south side, and I don't remember where else we were. So it's not, you know, it's 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 a fun thing to do. It was a fun thing if you had people in town who had never been to Pittsburgh before. When or, you went in the water, were you anxious? No, it felt safe. It seemed safe, but that was before that accident, and mm-hmm. so you never thought that it was unsafe. Right, right. You just are assuming that everything's going to be fine, and so that's what it was. Right. But you also, we weren't in the water very long. Like, that's also a little disappointing when you're on the tour, is that you finally get to the water, and then you kind of paddle around a little bit, and then you come out again. So Like it's not, 15 minutes? Oh, no. Less no. than oh, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, less than 15 minutes. Really? Oh, yeah, the 95% of the time you're going, driving around the city. Because uh-huh. when you'd, see, you'd be downtown and you'd suddenly think, oh, that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do that. It's also, and again, I keep using present tense because I keep forgetting that it's not no longer available. It was an expensive thing to do. I think it cost $35 a person or something. I see. And the whole tour took maybe an hour? Maybe an hour and a half. Oh, okay. All right, well, sorry to say that uh, Jess Ducky, gone, auctioned off. You can own a piece of the, uh, they're sitting in a warehouse, not just the boats, but a vintage trolley and dozens of others of pieces of machinery are at that Northside warehouse. So, but, so that's happening in all the different cities where the Just Ducky tours Well, were? they're not saying, uh, they're saying here locally. The story's in today's PG, Nick Graber is the reporter, but uh, saying, you know, just locally here, this is the Just Ducky store story here. Okay. All right. How often do you go boating on in the rivers in Pittsburgh? I mean, do you have friends who? No. I mean, I know you don't no, own a boat, no, but no. do you have friends who? No. It's been years. Yeah, Mike. You are you on a boat? Hardly ever. I, w- I wish I was on it every day. Yeah. I w- would you Would you be fine boating on the rivers? Yes. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the, the, the happiest day in the in the right right yeah. when you buy a boat and when you sell a boat. Right. I mean, if the if the water's choppy and obviously I wouldn't test it out. I mean, it'd be, wouldn't it be nice? I, I'd always sort of like, you know, fantasize of having a small houseboat and just, you know, floating up and down the river. Oh, that'd be awesome. Just you know, living on it? I don't know if I'd live on it, but I'd sure like to, you know, stay on it for extended stays. Mm-hmm. Why not, right? You know, the cool thing is when you, long ago, uh, um, what was I? I was in this movie, uh, Striking Distance. Oh, yeah. Right? Bruce uh, Wells? Yeah. So you go up the river. I mean, you know, you leave the city here 15, 20 minutes out of the city, you're in, you know, Virtual paradise. It's absolutely beautiful. It says on JustDuckyTours.com, it's an hour-long tour, 35 minutes on land, and 25 minutes on water. However, I feel like I, w- I went on two of them, and it felt like I was in the water for like no more than 10 minutes. Exactly. It definitely wasn't 25. Exactly. Thank you. So I wonder if that was a safety thing as well. Could be. But they were like, you know, because you know, the barges push a lot of water around, and those are oh, not yeah. big vehicles. Right. I've done a lot of boating in my life because my parents had a boat all the years I was growing up. And the thing that has always made me nervous about boating around here in the rivers is that, you know, you don't have to have a license to operate a boat. You don't have to pass any qualifications, any safety, Wait, anything. you can go into a boat store, buy a boat, and then just get in the water. Right. You That's... got nothing. All you have to do is have insurance on your boat if you own it. That's all you need to do. So there are a ton of people who are boating on waterways who do not know what they are doing. Especially here and in the are, city, right? And I will tell you, they are a menace. Uh-huh. You add alcohol to that. It's potential disaster. Yeah. So just with how narrow the rivers are, you know, I'm used to boating. I spent years boating on a lake, which was big, and so you can avoid people on a lake. You're boating around the <laughs> right. around the point. You're you don't have a whole lot of space to avoid. There's people. no boat license test. 
Right. But However, you know, when you go to a Pirate game or a Steeler game or there's a venue over, you know. It looks fun, doesn't it? It looks great. Mm-hmm. looks awesome. Seriously, people are hanging out, you know, and uh, having a beverage on a beautiful summer night. That, that looks like a lot of fun. It really does. What about kayaking? Would you yeah. guys do kayaking? No. Oh, yeah, we're kayaking. I'm not doing that. Oh, no, I we're would. doing that. I love it. We're I definitely do that. doing that. John and I are doing you, that. No, no, oh, yeah? no, 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 no. We're going to really? do it this fall. There's the last thing I want to do is get in a kayak. Oh, no, we're both. It's all leaky and wet. You get your own kayak, I'll get in my kayak. I don't want to do that. The river water splashing around, get my shoes all wet. It's going to be really good. I'll stand on the shore it's and look at the view. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Please don't put me in a car. We are going. Is this a work thing that I've got to do? Maybe. I think what? it's a commitment to our friendship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she lays down the friendship gauntlet. Everything stops from there. <laughs> Heaven help us. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar says Israel's move to block her and Michigan Representative Rashida Tlaib from visiting the country is, quote, an insult to democratic values. Earlier today, former Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Dr. Michael Oren, said it was a mistake for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to deny a visit by Tlaib and Omar. You don't salute the individual, you salute the rank. And these two members of Congress, for all of what I regard the abhorrent nature of their policies toward Israel, are elected members of the U.S. Congress, and Americans will support, will salute that rank of a Congress member. Oren spoke with the Salem Radio Network. Netanyahu banned the visit because the the Congresswoman's support for the BDS movement, which supports a boycott of Israel because of its treatment of Palestinians. On Wall Street, they're up by 99 points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm, phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. 85. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. 
Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick brothers return to the big screen this August with Overcomer. Well, I have a season with one runner. One runner matters. John Harrison is a frustrated coach questioning his value until he crosses paths with a student struggling on her own journey. What have you allowed to define you? Overcomer in theaters August 23rd. Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shirer. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. Sunshine mixing with clouds, warm and humid this afternoon. A shower and gusty thunderstorm around through the early evening hours, I-83. Partly to mostly cloudy overnight, though, 65. Times of sun and clouds, warm and humid tomorrow, high 82. For Saturday, intervals of clouds and sun, warm and humid, with a shower or thunderstorm possible in the afternoon, the high Saturday, 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Joe Lundberg. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I remember when I first heard about the iPhone, and the thing I heard was that there was a camera in your phone. Yeah. And my dad was telling me this on the phone, and we were laughing. We were like, that is such a stupid idea. <laughs> Who is going to need really? a camera attached to their phone? Don't you love it? Well, I thought about that today when I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about the Sony Walkman because there's a guy who's interviewed in the piece, and he says that the first time he saw the Sony Walkman, it was at the release party in 1979. Wow. And he turned to his girlfriend and he said, quote, I just saw the stupidest product ever invented. You're supposed to walk around listening to music with headphones on? (laughs) Well, clearly that man and me, we knew nothing about what was to come. Because talk about the beginnings of something absolutely amazing. I want to ask you, John, when you first heard of a Sony Walkman. Yeah. Um, I heard about them, of course, but at the time, I'm sure they were, you know, super expensive. Elite, right? Yeah, there's no way I could have touched that. But I remember the first time uh, I put a pair of Sony Walkman headphones on. Oh yeah, I was in a, a rehearsal hall over at the Public Theater on the North Side, and uh, one of the actors who came in from New York City had a Sony Walkman. Now, by comparison, if you looked, you know, if you had like a regular sized iPhone. That Walkman was gigantic. I wonder how big it was. What if the dimensions were of the original Walkman? Because, you know, when you look at it, you think, at the time, it was like, that's a miracle. How can that do that? So the, the actor said to me, hey, there it is. Yeah, you got a picture of it. It looks gigantic. And those headphones look terrible, don't they? Those little foam. Mm-hmm. They look like nothing. Anyway, this guy said to me, you want to hear something really cool? And I was like, yeah, sure. He put the headphones on. 
and he started to play um, Phil Collins. This was this was like 1981, like April of 1981, and this is what I heard. I thought my head was going to explode. I loved that so much. I could not believe it. I was like a puppy following that guy around. Could I listen to that again, please? Could I just hear that one more time? I mean, that's a great song to hear for the first time on a pair of headphones. There's an article in today's Wall Street Journal called How Sony's Walkman Created Headphone Culture, written by Paul Schrott. And it got the three of us talking about how the beginnings of that unit changed not just how we listen to music, but what our communication style is like in our entire public culture. Yeah. Whether you're at the bus stop or you're at home in your living room. Right. And now, of course, you see everyone walking around with their iPod headphones in. AirPods. AirPods, yeah. I remember uh, living in New York City, uh, the first time, the first few months I was there, I was a bicycle messenger. And I had my Walkman in my back pocket, you know, wearing a pair of shorts with those headphones on all day long. That's all I listened to. Uh, I mean, the dangerous is all get out. But those headphones and that Walkman for the first time, because before that, remember, you know, the gigantic boombox that was as close to portable music, or you had to, you know, use a cheese ball transistor radio from the 1960s. But for the first time, those things were internal, so you weren't bugging anybody with your music. You were just in your own symphony in your head. And it was more than that. In fact, Paul Schrott in the article calls it an escape hatch. Yeah. So if you don't like where you are, and that's what's happened, right? We escape into whatever we're hearing so that we can just zero out the rest of the world. And it's a signal to everybody around us. I'm unavailable. Please go to your own space because clearly I'm in my space. For better or worse, you got to love them. You really do. Right? All right. You guys have AirPods? No way. No. I don't use my uh, headphones enough to think it's worthwhile. Do you? I got them before I went on a long trip that was going to require like nine hours in an airplane. So you were unavailable. So I, and I wanted to be unavailable. <laughs> I was trying to imagine I was anywhere else yeah. than in that plane. It is, they are so awesome. I mean, I'm just a huge fan. Our boss, uh, the uh, operations manager here at the station, had told me about them months ago. And I thought, like you, like, what am I, I going to use? Listen, once you have them, they are truly great. Why? What's the difference between well, those and regular first iPod of all, headphones? The the fidelity is way better. Really? Than in the normal uh, really? earbuds you get with your phone. Okay, so the fidelity is way better. The second thing is that you can operate them by touching them, which is nice. So you don't have to you, you don't have to operate either your phone or your iPad. So or the whatever volume it is. up or down, right? You just right, touch. Or, or off or on. I see. Um, and the other thing is, if you're working on a project, like I, I was doing a slideshow last week and a new piece of software that Mike and I are working on, if I would have had that volume up, everybody in the programming department would have like hated me. <laughs> Because all, and this, this is the case in any radio station is when you do audio editing, you just have to play the same thing over, over and over and over and over. And it's very hard on the people around you because if you're not doing the project and you have to listen to it, it's just absolute audio <laughs> pain over an extended period. I hate but that when, guy's when voice. you wear those, when you wear those AirPods, 
you're inside. You can do it in your office, and you got no no problem at all. That's cool. How much how much were they when you I bought? I think John asked me that. I thought they were 139. There are two different levels. Yeah. One you have to plug in to charge, and one you just lay it on something to charge. And I got the lower priced one. I think it was 139. Mm. You can get them for 160 at Apple. So maybe it was sorry, yeah. maybe one maybe it's 159. On Amazon, you can get them for 21. dollars What do you mean 21 bucks? Yeah, 21.99 what? on Amazon. And what? Then, what is, this is no, even, no, this no. is crazier. That can't be right. On, on Wish. On Wish.com. What's Wish.com? $3. That no, can't be. Come on. And, it, and you can change your own color. Like, you can have your own color earbud. They can't be Red, real. pink, brown. Okay, so they're whatever. not actual AirPods, though. Yeah. No, they're AirPods. They have the charging compartment and everything. They're what? In someone's basement. $3. But, no way. All right. You're, you guys are going to think I'm weird. Oh, do. I don't wear them because they, they freak me out because I feel like... This is going to be good. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna mess with my brain or something. Like it's gonna like cause a tumor or something. Uh-huh. Am I am I ridiculous? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, is, you it, are. is that ridiculous? Yeah. You are ridiculous. A tumor? What do you mean yeah. a tumor? <laughs> I don't All know. Like an it's audio like, tumor? What, it's like Arnold in kindergarten. <laughs> it's not the tumor. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't even. I don't even have my phone up to my ear. I have it on speakerphone, and I. And I put well, I mean, I think that there are some concerns about the amount of energy that's going right. from our phones to our well, heads. Well, wait, you're wearing your headphones every day for your but job. That, but there's no, what? like, radiation or anything going radiation. through that. Radiation? What are you talking <laughs> no, about, radiation? There's, there's, there's no, like... <laughs> Wait, like just... at Chernobyl? <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're fine. But I, I really, I'm sort of dubious about that $3 price or that $21 That's price. That's fake. That's absolutely fake. Well, did you hear yeah. about the, the kid that died when he was charging oh, his geez. earbuds? Is this Pop Rocks? No. <laughs> his his ears literally, like, they, the earbuds exploded in his ears. And he well, died from it. Okay, but that could happen as easily as if your earbuds are plugged in to whether they're Bluetooth, yeah. right? It's true. I mean, That's explosion, true. explosion. Let me tell you this. Did you know that the Walkman was originally named The Soundabout? I did the not. The Soundabout. They didn't like the word Walkman because they said that, first of all, people walk a lot. Yeah. And so that seems like not that interesting. And also they wanted women to be involved, so they didn't want it to just be gender specific. So they were going for soundabout. No, they called walk they. But then people were like, "Well, that's stupid." So of course, if they're not calling it. Okay. Wait. Then they sp- had. Then they had another. <laughs> wait. Then they also called it. Wait. This was their second option. Yeah. The disco jogger. Oh, that's good. The disco jogger. I need one. Anyway, they went back to Walkman. Well, what, what happened to Sony? Yeah. Well, they still make televisions. Yeah, but remember, Sony. When I was, you know, like in my early twenties, Sony was like the gold standard of electronics. Was it not? I mean, you know, a Sony Trinitron television set. I remember the first time I got one? I, you know, I got a small. I was like, I, I was so impressed. You wanted to genuflect. You think, oh my gosh, I got a Sony. I got a <laughs> well, Sony. I think. I mean, Sony, Sony was like, you know, the Walkman. Sony I mean, TVs. If you're looking now, I've this is a couple years ago when I was buying a TV, but spec for spec, Sony TVs are still more expensive than any other TV you can buy. Hmm. I feel like the Samsungs. Samsung TVs, I feel like, are better, though. Really? Yeah, I like the picture of a Samsung better, but yeah. if you're looking at price, Sony's are still the highest price. But my point is that there was a time that Sony was sort of like Huge. the gold standard of excellence for personal electronics. Yeah. You know, the Walkman, all that. Right. They ruled the consumer electronic market. Well, I mean, Apple came in and crushed that. Yeah. I guess so. That's what happened. Yep. Yeah. Apple. Okay, what about the isolating Apple. habit, though, <laughs> that these have produced? I mean, does that bother you with your kids? Does it bother you with your spouses? Yeah, it does. You know, because when, like, when you go home, like I've got two teenage kids, and I walk in the house and go, hello. I know everyone's home. I know the guys are home. And there's dead silence. And, you know, there they are with their headphones on. And I'm like, 
And I know that they're looking at me, and I'm like Charlie Brown's dad. It paid me no mind whatsoever. But, you know, that's just that's my problem, not their problem. See, it drives me crazy. I don't just, like, barely tolerate it. It, like, makes me nuts. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't do you any good. Well, I'm not saying that I'm emotionally healthy about right. it. I'm just right. saying that it drives me crazy. So do you, you say, know what? take those headphones off? You know what off? I don't like? You get yeah, mad? Yes, because it's the image of it. Even, like, oftentimes I'll hear, well, I don't even have, I don't have my music on. Well, it doesn't matter because the image, the visual that you're sending out is that I don't want to talk to you. Well, wait, you just talked to me for the last 10 minutes about your, like, you know, high-end headphones. Well, that's what, so what image a, are you? I was on the a same nine hour airplane ride. That's well, different. I mean, I was like, not in, who's who wants to talk to me in three in the morning when I'm across the Atlantic? But you still use them now, don't you? Not when I'm at home. No, I mean, not unless everybody's in bed. I don't. I don't use them. You don't regularly. walk around and go, "Hey, mom's unavailable." So, right? Mean, not, yeah, that yeah, yeah. not that you're bringing it up, it is sounding sweet. Uh, yeah, right. It's like a little sign: the doctor is no, in, the doctor is out. We can't do that. We can't do that. All right. O-R-D. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend with the best new music. New, new, new music from Elevation Worship featuring Taryn Wells, Echo. Believer by Rhett Walker. I am a believer. And Remind Me by Blanca. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Nello Construction and Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper. Regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800 391 10954 for these great radio specials. That's 800 391 0954 or mypillow.com. Promo code WORD. Don't miss Cole's Friends and Family Sale. Take an extra 20% off. Save on Junior's Tops. Young Men's Urban Pipeline Denim, just $19.99. And $2.99 bath towels. Plus, take an extra $10 off your $50 back to school purchase. Plus, get Cole's Cash. Plus, free Amazon returns now at all Cole's stores. This weekend at Cole's. Select styles. Offers valid through August 18th. 20% with promo code SAVE now. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10. Some exclusions apply. See store or Coles.com for details. Hey, Pittsburgh. This month at Calusi Chevrolet, you could qualify for 20% off the MSRP on select models of all new, totally redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $10,000 in savings on select Silverado double cab all-stars. The team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. 
Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Mike Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. here on WORD. You can also call Mike Badalini now for your complimentary customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-449-SAFE. That's 844-449-7233. There was a time in America when most people lived in rural areas. Now, it's estimated, what, 30 million people or so live in rural areas. So how does the church take care of those people? How does they minister to all those people in the far reaches, those far corners? You think, I've got to drive 5, 10 longer to, to church, 5, 10 miles to church. Well, Grove City College is uh, doing something on uh, the project of rural ministry. Here to talk to us about that is Reverend Charles Cotterman. Reverend Charles Cotterman is the senior pastor of Oil City Vineyard Church and part of the leadership team of the project of rural ministry uh, at Grove City College. Charlie, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, so Charlie, it's good to talk about this because for a couple decades, the cutting edge of ministry, I would say, has been urban ministry. And so we've been talking about, you know, racial reconciliation, economic reconciliation, uh, you know, recognizing how differently we live and communicate and play music and work and all those sorts of things. But somehow we've left behind marginalized people who are living in places that aren't the city. Right. You know, I, it's not to take away from the needs in urban areas and suburban areas at all, but we're just trying to say, let's highlight some of the needs in smaller places, rural places, small towns. And, and really, I personally felt this, you know, years ago when church planning was was really becoming a pretty popular thing. I felt a call to church plant, but then I looked around and I didn't see any denominations at all planting among the people that made up my whole childhood memories, you know, and, and that I, the people that I grew up with. So it was kind of a longing for a long time for me to see some, some kind of new and fresh work go into rural America. So then Reverend Carl Carlman, tell us your story. You grew up in a, in a rural church? Yeah, so I grew up in Clarion County, Pennsylvania, so north of the city, probably about an hour and a half in in a small town of about 1,200, actually about 10 minutes outside that town. I like to tell people it was a blacktop road that went to a dirt road that went to nowhere after that. Um, and just, you know, small churches, country churches. The church I grew up in was in a former pasture field, and that's, those are the churches I knew growing up. And then when I went to seminary, um, you know, there was all this exciting stuff in church planting and everything, but I just didn't see people doing it in those kind of places. Hmm. So when you look now and, and you see that you've been there, what, three years? Yep. Yeah, we moved back. Um, we, we were in Charlottesville, Virginia for about four years. And then my wife and I, who are both from this part of PA, moved back and planted Oil City Vineyard in 2016. All right. So what would people be surprised to know when they're talking to someone who says, hey, I work in rural ministry? Yeah, I think one of the things people might be surprised to know is the way in which increasingly people care, which is actually really refreshing. Um, and I think even our project at Grove City reflects that. You know, a few years ago, you would never have been able to land a grant like the one we did in rural ministry because it didn't seem like people really cared. Now, that's not to say there weren't organizations doing good rural work. I mean, Places like the Rural Home Missionary Association have been doing rural work for a long time, 
But people in general didn't seem to care very much about that work. And all of a sudden, there's this new emphasis of books being published, um, quite a few actually. And so I think people would be surprised how much the country is starting to care about rural ministry, and it's really refreshing. So, um, and it's also, I think, one of the things that people might not really think about. They might think that rural ministry is um, some place you go to kind of be hidden, but really, I mean, there's amazing folks ministering in churches of all kinds of sizes in rural America, and it is an immense mission field, and there's plenty of work to do. I mean, there's lots of needs, but there's also plenty of amazing stories. Reverend Charles Cotterman is with us. He's a senior pastor, Oil City Vineyard Church. Charlie, you made reference to a grant. Uh, talk to us about this. Mm-hmm. Grove City College and you and other pastors have received a, a chunk of money from whom to do what? Yeah, so we received a grant last year, and it kicked in January 1st, 2019, from the Lilly Foundation. Um, and we, it was a million dollars over five years to basically invest in helping rural pastors and then vicariously their churches thrive. And so we've spent the better part of 2019 working as a team. I'm one of uh, five directors on the team. And we've been working to, to compile some cohorts of pastors that we can work with over the long haul and try to see if there's ways in which we can learn from them and maybe we can harness some of the resources of a small liberal arts college like Grove City, a Christian college, and maybe invest in these pastors and churches in a way that helps the whole region and helps them specifically in their context. Fabulous. So when you look at the at the rural church, I mean, you know, both Kath and I, we, we belong to a church that's in the city, but I'm sure the problems mm-hmm. and the outreach is pretty similar. What are the things? I mean, I, you know, you look at the opioid epidemic that's you know stricken right. America. That's got to happen still in rural America. You got to look at poverty, I and mean, that's you know, poverty is different. I'm sure in a rural America versus an urban setting, but still, people are people, and you're still sharing those same problems. And also, Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the right. same whether you're Jesus in the city or Jesus yeah. somewhere in the country. Yeah, right. You're exactly right, and and we are dealing with this many of the same problems. In fact. Sometimes I think that some of the problems that are often associated with inner city are really poverty problems, and we have plenty of poverty in rural America. Um, and so you see things like opioid epidemic, and, and now it's being replaced by meth. And um, you, you see a lot of unemployment or underemployment. So I live in Oil City, which was named for oil. We were the oil capital of the world. And in 1994, Quaker State Motor Oil moved their corporate headquarters out of town. I'm going to tell you that changes the dynamics of the town economically. Um, so we're dealing with, you know, still trying to figure out our identity economically. Like, how do we, what, what, what are we going to do? How do you replace that big vacuum? You know, and there's lots of uh, entrepreneurs here doing great stuff, but that's a pretty big footprint to try to make up. What about the size of churches? You know, here in the city, it's not unusual to see, you know, larger churches. Some would say mega churches. I, I know nothing sure. truly about rural ministry, but I would imagine church sizes have got to be pretty small. Yeah, a lot of churches are pretty small in rural areas, um, but, you know, it's it's something, you know, think about it this way, like a church in Pittsburgh that's 2,000 people, that's pretty big, yeah. but compared to the population of the town, it, its ability to influence that is a very small percentage, whereas if you have a church in a town, you know, of 6,000, if you have a church of three, 400, you're starting to get into a pretty big percentage of the town, so yeah. that's almost like a rural megachurch in the way they can influence 
just the town and even really harness resources to bless their town. So there are definitely churches of that size um, in the counties surrounding us, mm-hmm. and they're doing great work. And then there's small churches that are, you know, they harness their more limited resources, but some of them have just really specific ministries that they have been doing for a long time, and they do really well. And so it's really not about the size as much as the missional focus of the church and their generosity and, and their just willingness to work with other churches. Right. And what about that? I mean, for a lot of people, is it still for a lot of people— Church as home, church as center of community, church as, uh, you know, those holy saints among us who are trying to do their best and they show up and they're part of that. And there's Christ in the middle of all those things. I I would imagine that's still part of a rural ministry church. Yeah, there's some of that, you know, but I think if you talk to a lot of uh, rural churches, they're going to say, but it's harder and harder to do that because many rural churches, uh, because of demographic shifts, you know, don't are just losing younger generations. You know, as people move to more urban areas, we have literally, we have population loss, you know, and so we're trying to um, understand what's it mean to move forward when many of our young people decide not to live here, you know, and that's the reality. Um, What's it look like to be uh, kind of in, in the town um, when things like that shift, you know, but, but there are churches doing really entrepreneurial things and, and there's lots of good stories for sure. The Reverend Charlie Cotterman is with us, senior pastor at Oil City Vineyard Church, and he's part of the leadership team of the Project on Rural Ministry done with Grove City College. All right, Charlie, so in our closing minutes, um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you personally are experiencing as your biggest challenges as, um, as maintaining a church in Oil City? Um, I think, I, honestly, God's been really good, and we have been really blessed. And so it's been, it's, sometimes it's hard to think of challenges, but definitely addiction. Um, mm. addiction is a huge one for all of us and hopelessness that comes with kind of a sense of like underemployment, um, and things like that. And obviously the gospel, uh, addresses both of those things and Christ just frees us from our bondage, you know? Um, and, and the cool thing about the project too, is we're getting to hear from pastors all over from New York down to West Virginia about the things they're confronting. And so it's been really informative for me to hear from other pastors in somewhat similar and yet somewhat different contexts. And I think when, as we start sharing these stories, whether it's Oil City or whether it's West Virginia or Chautauqua, we get better as a church, the mm. big C church. I see. So this grant that Lilly Foundation has given you, five years, what do you hope? At the end of five years, what's the goal? So our hope is to, to really, A, encourage the pastors and the churches that are part of it. That's our primary goal. And then closely aligned with it is this kind of secondary goal to actually be able to do some research that over the course of five years can speak into rural pastors' lives, not just in Western PA and Ohio, but all over, that maybe we can say, this is what it looks like to be a good neighbor as a Christian liberal arts college to pastors who are in smaller communities and small places or deindustrialized suburbs that they might have a lot of people, but their resources are small. And we harness the resources of Christian college and say, in rural places, and say, what's it look like to be a good neighbor? And I think we're one of the few projects doing that kind of long-term research, and I think it's a great opportunity, and we pray that we can steward it really well. That's fascinating. Reverend Cotterman, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate your time here with us, and God bless you in your ministry. Thank you. It's really great to be with you guys. Have a great day. You as well. Reverend Charles Cotterman, he's senior pastor at Oil City Vineyard Church, part of the leadership team at the Project on Rural Ministry at Grove City College.
They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, Messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. So how was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro to Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer-style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef-crafted special. Bistro to Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro to Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-to-go.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.com. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Did you know that migraine is a disabling disease affecting over 36 million Americans? The pain of migraine sufferers is often so bad their lives just stop. The American Migraine Foundation helps people living with migraine to find the support and treatment they need. If you, a friend, or a family member suffer from migraine, go to AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to learn more, find help, and get connected. Make your move against migraine. Sunshine mixing with clouds, warm and humid this afternoon. A shower and gusty thunderstorm around through the early evening hours, I-83. Partly to mostly cloudy overnight, though, 65. Times of sun and clouds, warm and humid tomorrow, high 82. For Saturday, intervals of clouds and sun, warm and humid, with a shower or thunderstorm possible in the afternoon, the high Saturday, 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Joe Lundberg. Sounds like a uh, a busy kitchen. I like it. The chop, chop, chop. 
I love to hear the chop, chop, chop. This is restaurant week again here in the city of Pittsburgh. Somebody told us today we have two of them. Yeah, so we have one, and I didn't realize there were two. For some reason, the winter one seems to slip by me, but there's one in the summer and one in the winter. Why is that? Is this a marketing initiative? Well, of course. But I think there are different types of restaurants that appeal to people in the summer than in the winter. Right. So you want to go sit outside? I mean, I would love to sit outside. Yeah. My favorite thing, you know, how much I outside, love to yeah. eat outside. Have you done that this summer? Uh, we ate outside at a Vincent's here in Green Tree. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Yeah, we ate outside. Yeah. Um, I really like to eat outside at Andorra, which is uh, in Swickley on Mount Nebo Road. Okay. Uh, they have a very nice patio there. I like to uh, eat out at Kaya, but you... you Kind of eat right on Smallman Street. Yeah, with yeah, all the construction, no. I don't even think you can eat We outside. were at the Green Tree Inn for lunch today. There's That's a little right. patio out there, isn't Why don't there? we ever eat outside? I don't know. I don't think about it. We should have eaten outside. That's a, I like Green Tree Inn because it's unusual. It's sort of like a throwback to you know, 1974. It is. And the food is always better than you expect. Oh, yeah. I, the, I enjoy wasn't it. Wasn't the coleslaw today very it's good? Excellent coleslaw. Right? A very good coleslaw yeah, at really the Green good. Tree Inn today. It's kind of like, you know, I judge a Chinese restaurant by the nature of their egg roll. And at the same way, if you go to a restaurant and you get some coleslaw, because it's kind of a standard thing, right? It really is. And everybody does it a little differently. And if you're going to care about your coleslaw, you care about everything. How you do one thing, you do all things. That's how I feel. Right. Uh, it's Pittsburgh, it is Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. And so we've been talking each day this week about a couple of restaurants that we love. And so yeah. we mentioned the Green Tree Inn today. Um, you want to give me another one? Yeah. Uh, in my neck of the woods, uh, Superior Motors in Braddock, Whoa. PA. Yeah. That's heavy dollars. That's uh, Kevin Sousa, who was uh, Chef of the Year several times. This is kind of one of these guys, you know, the new young chef entrepreneur. Uh, Look, anything that happens in Braddock that, you know, uh, is positive, you got to be on board with it. Uh, You know, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, who was the mayor of Braddock for many years, he was proactive and he went out of his way to bring in some quality stuff. And Superior Motors is one of these places. Now, look, it's not a destination for me. A friend of mine took me to Superior Motors for a meal. It's not a place that I could normally afford. Wasn't this friend? No, it's not. No, it was a different friend. But you've not been there. No. I loved it. I mean, it it was as advertised. Really, it was a, a bit of Pittsburgh grit with a, a new wedge of food delight. And it was surprising, and um, I, I'd love to go back. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, I will uh, hear your superior motors. Okay. And I will raise me. Yeah, I will raise you to smoke in Lawrenceville. Oh. Butler Street. A little hipster, you in Lawrenceville. Well, you know, I, it's unrecognizable. What, the place is? Lawrenceville. Oh, yeah, of course it is. I mean, it is so, just four years, I can't get over the difference in Lawrenceville. How about the rents? I, it is shocking. Can you imagine? It is shocking. This is why I really liked Smoke. Um, it seems small town to me. It seems it seems hipster, but it seems small town because you can't make reservations. Um, they're closed on Tuesday, hmm. and you can only pay in cash. Okay, that's all random stuff. So it just isn't seems it? kind of weird. Yeah. It's not. It, it seems very non-corporate. Okay, so I like that. It's also pretty small. I bet they have sixty seats, maybe less than that. Yeah. Um, so if that sounds annoying to you, I get it. But it also creates a certain level of camaraderie when you're there. <laughs> I like it. Forced camaraderie. I like it. I mean, you're close yeah. to the people around you. It's noisy. I like it. So what's the deal though with the, the, just cash only? I find that annoying. 
I well, do. so you're one of the people and you find it annoying. Because I get it. who's walking around with that kind of cash I, in right. your pocket? Dave Ramsey people. I haven't seen oh, a great, not with like the envelope. That. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's the deal: when you go to a place like that and they go cash only, and you go, "I don't have cash," they go, "Well, there's the ATM yeah, right, right there exactly. for a six dollar charge right. or, to withdraw some money." Or you can pay with a credit card. You just have to pay an extra two percent. Oh of your bill because that's what they're that's what the credit card company okay, i think right, is charging right, yeah, the place that, right. so as i said it's not for everybody however the food if you like barbecue and if you like tacos yeah this is your dream come true all right okay so bring this some is your cash. absolute so if you like barbecued pork yeah barbecued brisket fine barbecued uh smoked item uh, smoked ground meat i'm telling you the gringo taco blow your mind really yeah, it's awesome. No, you're not a carnivore by by no, nature. No, I'm not. But you've been to smoke. I've been to smoke. I went with my niece Meg, who took me there really? because you know. But here's the thing, because of course she said, "Well, Eric's never going to be able to go there because my husband can't eat meat." Well, guess what? They have a big vegetarian menu. Nice. So I would like to go back and let Eric sample some of the veg. All right. See what it sounds like. And while you're there, have the lemon meringue pie. There's no lemon meringue pie there. There is very good mac and cheese. Hey, talk uh, a few minutes. We're going to talk about preaching against racism is not a distraction from the gospel. Isa McCauley will join us in a few minutes. Stick around for that. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. We no longer have to live under the power and the dominion of sin in our lives. We can overcome temptation. We can win over sin in this life. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, along with Word FM, on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just visit our website for more details and registration information at wordfm.com slash Israel. That's W-O-R-D-F-M dot com slash Israel. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Needles and shots are one of the biggest fears in dentistry. In most cases, we have been able to completely eliminate that discomfort. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford 
is where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. The wand is pretty magical. The way that it can deliver the anesthetic without any sort of a pinch. Most patients don't even realize that I'm giving an injection. I've had a few patients say, well, when are you going to give me the shot? And I've already done it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because... You get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick brothers returned to the big screen August 23rd with Overcomer. Filled with a powerful mix of faith, humor, and heart, Overcomer asks the important question, what do you allow to define you? Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire, the film is rated PG, so visit OvercomerMovie.com. From Wheaton College, Issa McCauley is with us. Issa McCauley serves as a priest in the Anglican Church in North America. He directs the Anglican Multi-Ethnic Network, a coalition devoted to helping Anglican churches better reflect the diversity of their local communities. But Issa wrote a piece in Christianity Today. We loved it. Preaching against racism is not a distraction from the gospel. Esau, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Real good, thanks. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me back. Esau, this is a challenging question for me, because you've written on the idea of the pulpit giving a record of our witness. And so this is the yeah. this is the combination of preaching and politics. Now, I recognize that the gospel of Jesus doesn't exist independent of politics, but I also recognize that politics is so divisive right now. It's so angry and so nasty. Tell me how just to start us out, you think about this connection, about the pastor and politics. Well, I don't think that the issue that I spoke about is actually a partisan issue. So I think that there are certain issues that transcend politics and are just like the basis of Christian theology. And so, I mean, I think that judging someone on the basis of their skin color is a sin against God. And so a Republican or a Democrat or an independent should be able to say, without much controversy, that this is sinful. And so I think that it's different if I said, hey, here's a policy on immigration that I think that we should employ, mm-hmm. or here's exactly how I think affirmative action should be exist in the United States, or here's how I think the tax law should be. So I didn't say any of those things. Right. I spoke about a particular issue. Okay, so you're talking. Yeah, okay, so yeah. Isa, you're talking about principle then versus policy. So we can pre so yeah. preaching about principle is we're just trying to get as close as we can to the heart of God and proclaim it where policies yeah. is the stuff that we can all argue over. Yes, and I think that I, no, I think it's fine. I think I think it becomes difficult when a pastor is arguing for a particular policy. But I also think it's like possible to say that there are certain policies that are causing harm to people. So for example, this is like a non-controversial example. Slavery was a law in the United States. It was legal to own slaves. And people said that this law harmed people, and therefore it should be changed. And so I don't think the issue, or I think that people talk about abortion as something that is like, I mean, the March for Life is huge in the United States. 
amongst Christians. And we all show up and we mark things that we should change the laws. And so the question isn't like whether or not the church can ever speak for or against the law. It's what kind of laws do we speak against? So I I think that one of the things we have to ask ourselves is how did the issue of racism become something that we've seen as politically partisan? Because it's not controversial in the African-American community, right? We don't think of that as a political issue. There's black Republicans, black Democrats. I think you kind of agree that we're negatively impacted by racism in the United States. So I don't think it's a matter of – I think that in most cases, Christians should speak to policy. I mean, speak to principles and say that these principles – um, are kind of the ways in which we would think that I hope that our society would be governed because we're in a democratic republic. And so we can say that these are our values and we hope that these values have some influence on policy making, just like someone who's secular may vote their values. And so yes. I think it's fine for a Christian to say these basic values inform our um, witness in society. And we can say in certain cases, the impact of this law seems to to impact people in ways that are less than Christian. But the actual article that I wrote didn't speak about policy. It spoke about, like, the church's witness against racial prejudice in the United States in this moment. Right. So, Esau, so talk about that then. So you sit down, um, you know, in the middle of the week or the beginning of the week, and you think, okay, on Sunday I'm going to preach about prejudice, about racism in this country. And you know, and you talk about this in, you know, in the article, you know that, you know, on Monday or Tuesday of that following week after you preached, you're going to get the emails, you're going to get a phone call. Tell us that story of of how you wade through that, because clearly what you want to say has some weight and some power to it. You need to put this out there, not political, but the truth of the matter before you historically. Well, so for example, um, in the African-American tradition, there's been a historic emphasis on the image of God. And that's the idea that we're all made in God's image. And because we're all made in God's image, and this isn't unique to the tradition, we've emphasized it. And we've said, you know, because we're made in the image of God, one of the implications of this idea is that people deserve to be treated in a certain way. And so for me, as long as I'm making a inference from a theological principle or a biblical text, yes. then I feel, I feel comfortable. If I just come to the pulpit and I'm mad about some stuff, I'm just yelling at people, and I'm kind of regurgitating, um, like, MSNBC or Fox News. If, like, if what I say is a slightly remixed version of what I hear on television, I'm actually not preaching the gospel. I'm actually kind of mediating my political views into the Church. Yes. But a, a distinctly Christian articulation of these issues will always challenge the left and the right. It always does. Um, and so what I would say is, preach the Bible. I mean, one of the questions is, when, when Paul says that, that, that Jesus destroyed the dividing wall of hostility between the Jews and the Greeks, his whole point was that there is something about Jews and Gentiles together worshiping as one body that testified to a different way of being human. And so there was the unity of the Church across racial lines spoke to the universal saving power of Jesus. And so the question is, if we are at the center of kind of the New Testament witness, is a union of different types of people under one king, that any society that, that, that separates people on the basis of ethnicity and makes value judgments upon them is in some ways preaching a false, presenting a false view of the world. And it's a job of the Church to say, this view of the world that you say is not true, in the same way that we stand in front of people and we say, you know what, the, the culture tells you that if you get the biggest house, 
and you get the best job and you get an attractive husband or attractive wife and you have kids who are also living in this middle class life. This is the American dream. This is the epitome of success. And we look at that exact image, we articulate it, and we say, that is a lie. And so in the same way that, yeah, sorry, in the same way that the culture that, that wants to divide us by race and, and, and that wants to judge people on the on the on 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 racial lines, we have to say clearly that's a lie. That's good. Esau McCauley with us from uh, Wheaton College. Esau, our time's running down. I want to get you to to say a whole yeah. bunch of things, and we don't, we're not going to have enough time, <laughs> and it's making me tense. Um, but so start with November fourth, two thousand eight. Talk about what yeah. you did with your newborn son. So when when Barack Obama was elected, my son was six to eight months old, and I woke him up and I wanted I wanted him to see this event of an African American president, not because I believed in everything that Barack stood for politically, but because his election signaled this kind of ex, this hope for an expanse mm-hmm. of America that actually judged us based upon the content of mm-hmm. our character. So I wanted my son to see that yeah. and to kind of open up to his mind the possibility that he can kind of be what he wanted to be. That's wonderful. And so you're using that as kind of a, a metaphor for how pastors can look at saying something and marking a moment. Yeah. So, I mean, I use that as just an image of like, I wanted my son to remember that moment so that he can say that he saw it. And the point of that was to say that in the, in the same way, one day my son is going to ask, you know what, at one point someone came into a community and they shot up a bunch of people and they said in part they did it because of their ethnicity. Well, what did a Christian say about that? Mm-hmm. And I wanted my son to know very clearly and my daughters to know that the Christians who were alive in that era said that that was was against God's will, and, it, and, and that the racism that undergirded that was counter to God's will. And so I felt like there has to be a testimony in our day so that people know in no unclear terms that the Church values each person equally, and that anybody whose rhetoric or whose behavior purports to treat people in ways that are less than human are going against God's will for creation. And he saw when you preach that message— Talk about its reception. What's that like? Well, I think that certain people um, think that when when I speak in these ways, that I have this undergirding political agenda. And some people, no matter, they they have this idea of this colorblind society, um, and they see that any mention of race is political. And there are other people who are, and I say. I want to. This is not completely based upon age, but there's a certain generation of people who who love Jesus deeply and who love the scriptures deeply, and for that reason, they care about issues of injustice and inequality, and they feel like yes, there's someone there who understands that it is possible to love Jesus, to think, take the Bible seriously, and to speak out against racism. That you can do all three three of those things together, and so there's always a mix of people who think that um, there's a political agenda that we're trying to kind of corrupt the pure gospel of Jesus, and there are other people who are just saying, we're trying to give a credible witness to a skeptical culture that it's okay to be a Christian and to care about these issues that are facing society. That's good. I say preach it. Preach mm-hmm. it, Esau. I agree. Dr. Esau McCauley, again, we say it every time, there's just not enough time, but we're happy to have him back next month. From Wheaton College, also priest in the Anglican Church in North America, he directs the Anglican Multi-Ethnic Network.
baseball season is in full swing. It's a good thing Matt secured his denture with Super Polygrip. Now he can enjoy the snacks as much as the game. Polygrip. It's that time of year when the family meets up. Hi, come on. Get together, guys. Family photo. It's a good thing Jack cleans his denture with Polydent so he can enjoy the whole day with confidence. Polydent. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. If you love the uh, show Friends, there's a little uh, contest you might be interested oh, in. Mike and I are going to play the contest. Frontierbundles.com. Okay. I don't know what that is. Is looking for someone to watch 25 consecutive hours of the sitcom. Okay, wait a minute. In honor of the series' 25th anniversary next month. That's a lot. You also need to tweet, live tweet, throughout the experience. Oh, no. In exchange, you'll be paid $1,000 cash, get some Friends-related swag, and a free year of Netflix. No. You want to do that? Nah. Sorry, I don't love friends that much. That's I mean, you got to be kidding yeah, me. That's a, Plus, that's a I gotta, I'd do that for maybe $10,000. 1000 bucks. Yeah. 25 <laughs> hours. That's 60 episodes you got to watch. 60 episodes of the show. And I can't even remember to tr- tweet once a week for mm-hmm. work because it's our job and we love our show and we love our listeners. There's no way I'm, I could care that much about friends. Plus, I think I've watched three episodes of Friends. Three. That surprises me. 
Yeah, it just wasn't my cup of tea. That's all. Did you 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 tried it and you rejected it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Doesn't that surprise you, Mike? No. <laughs> no. I, you either I get have, it or you don't. I didn't get it. That's all. I, I hardly watched it myself. Yeah. Okay. 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 I watched yeah. it a lot. Uh-huh. Although I didn't watch the last couple seasons because I thought it got like kind of it really jumped the shark at yeah. one point. But <laughs> meh. Okay. Yeah. But somebody's out there doing that, making a thousand. They're going to have fifteen thousand people willing to do that. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.